Hi guys, it's me, Ty Pool, and I'm back, and I have way more questions. Things like, what are animals saying to each other? Why is space so dark? What's the science behind bullying? This season, I'm willing to go where no 7th grader has ever gone before to find you the answers. Ty asks why. Rest your eyes and prepare your ears for all new episodes of Ty Asks Why. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to White Coat Black Art, the show about medicine from all sides of the gurney. Healthcare is dominated by professionals like me, but don't underestimate the role played by lay people. Take doulas, for example. You've likely heard of birth doulas. They are non-medical people who provide pregnant women emotional and other kinds of support. Studies show they help women have shorter labor with less pain, fewer C-sections, and lead to more breastfeeding. In 2016, the World Health Organization recommended that doulas attend all births. Recently, I met a different kind of doula. Hi, my name is Shannon Hardy. I'm an abortion doula in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm also the founder and coordinator of Abortion Support Services Atlantic. Shannon is a social worker by training. And while birth doulas are usually paid, in her work as an abortion doula, Shannon volunteers. When she spoke with me from our Halifax studio, I had lots of questions, beginning with the basics. So what's an abortion doula? So an abortion doula... Uh, can do a lot of different things. Of course, just like a birth doula, we don't do anything medical or give out medical advice. We offer more of the practical side. So we can give information about how somebody might access an abortion. We can give information um, about what is going to happen. So maybe you need an ultrasound or you need blood work. We also offer rides to and from appointments. um, And we can help people with lodging. We raise money for gas money and babysitting. Um, So we have a a wide scope of practice. Yeah, that's us. As Shannon explained, much of her work as an abortion doula is about making sure her clients have access to clinics and providers. You may have heard that in the U.S., states like Alabama, Mississippi, and Ohio have been passing laws that restrict and even ban abortion rights. Does anyone here think that women in this country will stay silent while our rights are being taken away from us? They marched to protest abortion restrictions recently passed in conservative states. But what you might not know is that in Canada, even though abortion is legal, it doesn't mean it's easy for some women to get one. Rural Albertans seeking abortions face obstacles that women here in Calgary and Edmonton don't have to deal with. In Alberta, there are only three surgical abortion clinics. Two are that in PEI women will no longer have to leave the province to have an abortion. That's for the first time in almost 35 years. Here's part of what the Premier... Saskatchewan is now the only province in Canada that does not cover the cost of an abortion-inducing drug called Mifigimiso. It's the threat to access and other things that got Shannon Hart to go from birth doula to what they call full spectrum, which means serving women who seek abortions. That happened back in 2012. I was working as a sexual health educator, and I found out that there was no abortion services on PEI. And that kind of blew my mind, that as a birth doula, the idea of becoming a parent, of giving birth, those were so sacred 
that's a really important journey. And to think that someone would potentially go through that journey, potentially in a birthing room who didn't 100% want to be there, it was just a visceral reaction. It was just, you know, it wasn't right. So all I could think of is how are these people on the island getting to Halifax or Moncton? How are people affording to take time off work? How How is this happening? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was very lucky. I was not only surrounded by a bunch of radical queer people, which was amazing, but I was also surrounded by all of my doula friends because I'd been a doula for six years at that point, a birth doula. Um, I had co-founded the Nova Scotia Doula Association. So I knew how to organize. You know, I was you know, a social worker. So I had all of these skills and I put them all together. Shannon, you've, you've, you've started to hint at, at what some might see as a contradiction, um, mm-hmm. helping with birth and helping with abortion. And how do you square those two? Right. So I think it's easier to square those two than it is to be a birth doula who is opposed to abortion. I can't imagine forcing someone to give birth. If you believe that birth and pregnancy and becoming a parent is sort of this wonderful, amazing journey, how could you ever consider forcing somebody onto that journey? Ursula Le Guin said in a speech one time, it was just amazing, that If you ask somebody to keep a baby that isn't wanted, you are aborting their future wanted children. That really hit me, and and I I believe that. You've made me think of something. We've been talking about abortion doulas. Is there such a thing as a miscarriage doula? Yes. So some doulas go by the term full spectrum, and so a full spectrum doula would you know, be with somebody during all outcomes, you could certainly reach out to somebody who would do miscarriage work. How, have you done? Have you done so? I have. I had uh, 15 years ago, I had a full term stillbirth. And after that, I started doing a lot of, of reproductive work as well. Um, wow. you, because you you went through the whole, you know, 39 and a half weeks and then didn't get the the next step, you know, where right. you yeah. didn't leave with a baby. You didn't, you know, you gave birth, but you aren't quite a mother. Um, so I ended up doing a lot of work with other women who were experiencing that after a few years when I had processed my, my own experience. Um, so yes, I, I have done that work with people. You know, I, it makes me think that that you know I've been working in a in a in a hospital that has a very active obstetrical service, and and I've never met um, a miscarriage doula. So yeah. I'm glad to meet you on the uh, on the radio. Yeah. People may assume that because abortion is legal in Canada, that women don't need help accessing care. Mm. What are the barriers that women face in this country? How much time do you have, Brian? (laughs) Um, So information is a big one. Uh, Of course, abortion isn't talked about in sexual health classes. So there's that stigma. If people don't talk about it, then 
that immediately creates this sort of cloud around it. Maybe it's not okay. You know, the the protesters, whether they're outside your clinic or whether they're just in the news, again, if people are protesting, maybe there's something wrong. Uh, So stigma. Uh, Our geography, we're a giant country. So when we think of people, say, in Labrador trying to access services, they need to take a flight down into St. John's. Um, And that can be said for Ontario, uh, you know, Saskatchewan, like anywhere you can think of, there are huge geographical barriers. There are barriers because doctors can choose to not uh, perform abortion. Of course, they're supposed to refer to an appropriate person. That doesn't always happen. Um, People try and make an appointment just to get their ultrasound and their blood work. They're told that the clinic doesn't do that um, because the doctor doesn't want to perform abortions and thinks that providing those two services is helping to have somebody get an abortion. And those doctors who object on religious and other grounds have been flexing their legal muscles. Last year, an Ontario court dismissed an appeal challenging an earlier ruling that said doctors in the province must give referrals for medical services that clash with their religious beliefs, including abortion. But Shannon Hardy says there are other practical barriers to access to abortion. For example... Uh, money. So if you're flying, you have to take two days off. How do how do you do that if you're working at a minimum wage job? How do you find babysitting? How do you have enough gas money to drive into town? Um, how or, much of that yeah. do you help with? A lot. So that's a lot of what we do. Like a, a five-hour drive, maybe a six-hour drive would be as far in Nova Scotia um, as somebody would have to drive. So you can imagine that's not a one-day you know, you would do the drive, stay the night, have your procedure, and probably drive home that night. So we fundraise to get people uh, lodging and to help them with gas money, babysitting, if that's what they need as well. You do some training of abortion doulas in other parts of the country. Yeah. Can you give me a sense of of how access varies by what part of Canada we're talking about? So the Atlantic provinces are generally better than the rest of the country when it comes to access, except for Newfoundland Labrador. Um, in Newfoundland Labrador, the only clinic is in St. John's. So you can imagine, you know, if you're up in Labrador, what that looks like. Um, it's the same. Or in, on the other side yeah. of the, or on the other side of the island. Yes. That, that's, it, a, that's a pretty far drive too. It, it is. So when I did training in Cornerbrook, we talked a lot about that, you know, how, do you help somebody come up with a story about why they need to drive nine hours across the island to St. John's? Do you drive yeah. them? Yes. Yeah, that's what our volunteers and, and do. They, and do they pay, and volunteer so they don't pay for that service? No. So I did a training in Ottawa a, a year now, and they have started their own uh, group in Ottawa, and they do the same thing. Uh, there is a group beginning to to sort of coalesce in Saskatchewan. So there are training programs. So in the States, yes. You know, there was New York and Boston, uh, Portland, Seattle, all of these great trainings. And I wanted to go do them. But then I realized they were very American-centric, which makes sense. And I didn't know exactly what I would come away with. So I just took all of my skills and created a curriculum. And I found that people... There was just this hunger for it. Yeah, we just started building this 
this network. I think I have no proof, but I think just saying the word abortion as often as I do and being very public about what I do, our Facebook page has abortion in the title. Mm-hmm. People immediately felt a safety in that. I wasn't contributing to the stigmatization by making it a secret. This is what I do. We do abortion work. It's safe to say the word around me. and It's safe to talk about it around me. So I think that helped build the network. You mentioned that the that the you weren't sure that the training that you'd receive in the United States would apply to Canada. Is mm-hmm. is that because there's there's a much greater political emphasis in the in the country? It's just so much more polarizing in the United States than it is in Canada to talk about abortions and to actually try to 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 get one, obtain one. So back in in 2012, um, it wasn't quite as polarized as it is now. Their trainings are amazing, but say in New York, uh, they're allowed to go into the room with the people. And so that was a, a big part of the discussion. Uh, and yes. you're not able to you, you're not able to do that in Canada? Not here in Halifax. And I would say probably not anywhere in Canada. Yeah. Where does that rule come from? Would you want to go in if you could? I would want to go in if the person I was supporting wanted me to. Um, I think the rule, it's just always been there. I don't think it's because they don't necessarily want dualism in the room. It's just, it's never been done. We, of course, have have had the approval of RU486 or Mifepristone, the so-called abortion pill. Has that increased access to medical abortion across the country? I say yes, but with a caveat. So when Mifepristone first came out, that's Mifepristone and Misoprostol combination, Health Canada had put a regimen around it that was really intensely frustrating. It could only be used up to 49 days, right? Mm-hmm. Who, and who knows they're pregnant at seven weeks? Like, um, You had to live within 100 kilometers of a doctor. You had to have a two-week follow-up. You had to have an ultrasound before. Oh, doctors had to take a six-hour training. Um, there was just all of these hurdles that people had to get through. Slowly, those have been chipped away, but they're still not to the point where we thought that Mifigamiza was going to come out and solve all these problems. We wouldn't have to talk about people from the PAW having to fly into Winnipeg anymore. They could just get Miffy, but there's still a lot of barriers, um, including finding a doctor who will prescribe it for you. I know you want to be mindful of uh, privacy, but just so people understand, can you give me a sense of the range of women who ask for your help? So a little bit of everything from international students, you know, Halifax is a big university town, uh, to people in their 40s who have their children and don't want any more. Yeah, across the different provinces, I, I think it would be, they would say the same thing. It's everybody. It's people who've moved from province to another province and so don't have support. It, it's a wide, wide range of people. Can I ask how many you've helped? Oh, over the last seven years, over 300. Given that a lot of people may have not heard of an abortion doula, how mm-hmm. do they find you? So usually on Facebook um, and then word of mouth. And here in Halifax and uh, in St. John's, our number is up at the unit. So if you call either the Athena Clinic or the Women's Choice Clinic here in Halifax, 
they're going to give you Atlantic abortion information. How many provinces have abortion doulas? All provinces have at least one person working as an abortion doula, but I can't speak to the territories. We were all just together in October. We're hoping to all get together. It's the 50th anniversary of the abortion caravan that left from Vancouver and went to Ottawa. Um, So we're hoping to all get together in Vancouver uh, and recreate that caravan. Uh, Since you mentioned uh, the United States, I know you do training in the U.S. The landscape, of course, as we've talked about, is is quite different there. Abortion Mm -hmm. laws are being challenged in various states. What kinds of stories and concerns are you hearing from doulas and women there? It's fairly similar. It's just more. Geography is a problem because there's only one abortion clinic in 300 kilometer radius. Um, the The stigma is much greater. Their protesters are intense. An abortion doula that I know just went to a meeting down there a couple of months ago, and there was armed guards, and they weren't allowed to wear uh, like their conference badges outside. They weren't allowed to talk about what they were doing. Uh, it was it was pretty scary, you know, that you go to a, an abortion conference and there's somebody standing there with a, a like a machine gun. No. Yeah. Have you had to assist any women uh, from the U.S. in getting access to safe abortions? So I have. So people will reach out mostly because we have Atlantic in our name. This person reached out and I just happened to know an abortion doula in her state and we connected them. Um, And that has happened across the world. How do you take down a criminal network hidden in the shadows? I tell them that I know that they're the ones who are running the largest child abuse website on the darknet. The journalists working to expose the darkest corners of the internet. That's your playroom floor. That's your baby's clothes. That's my house. The police who hunt down online predators. Did we create the environment that they're using? No, we didn't. We didn't make it. They made it. Hunting Warhead. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to White Coat Black Art. This week, a conversation with Shannon Hardy, an abortion doula in Halifax. She and others like her are lay people who are trained to provide emotional, physical, and informational support during and after abortions. And what they provide is not only a benefit to clients, it may even be helpful for the people who provide abortions. A 2015 study in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology concluded that women who had abortion doulas needed less support by staff at clinics. In your line of work, you interact with uh, doctors, nurses, administration people who run hospital and freestanding clinics. How well do you get along with them? I really can only speak to Halifax, and we have an amazing relationship. Dr. Yoshida is our co-director. All the nurses are are very supportive. They give out our number. Um, It's because... It's so needed, what we do. What about your colleagues in other provinces? Do they have similar experiences? The Athena Clinic in St. John's? Yes, very much so. But it is a freestanding clinic, so it's different than a hospital setting. I think if we have a conversation in a couple of months, we could probably talk about what this looks like in Saskatchewan. And I feel like they are not going to have the same 
reception. Why not? It's just a different vibe. If any, there's there's more stigma. It's you know very conservative. Yeah, I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. You mentioned stigma, and despite abortion being legal in this country, there is still mm-hmm. stigma in in some parts of the of the country, and and people have yeah. taken that on in various ways. You know, a, a while back there was a hashtag my abortion uh, on mm-hmm. on uh, social media where women shared their stories of having had an abortion. Uh, how much do you think stigma is a barrier to accessing care? I think it's huge. When I start the training, because of course it's called trauma-informed abortion doula training, I let people know that we don't believe abortion is in and of itself traumatic. What we believe is that the systems we have to go through, the hoops we have to jump through are, and that includes the stigma. Those things are traumatic because they exist on every level. We don't know who is safe to talk about it with. Family members uh, may have said sort of like off-the-cuff things that make you think, oh, are they anti-abortion? Can I talk to them? You know, if you go to church, certainly most churches are going to say that it's wrong. We don't talk about it in health ed classes. So then you get the idea maybe it's it's not an option. If you go to the hospital, there's no signage for the termination unit. That also gives the idea that somehow it's wrong. Everybody would know what cardiology is. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to termination, there's nothing. You know, on our health authority website up until two years ago, if you put abortion into the search engine, nothing came up. How do you, what's your role in reducing that stigma for the women that you help? So, and and this comes from somebody we actually helped who we were supposed to pick up because everybody needs a ride home. She texted me and said, um, you don't need to come. My sister's coming. Because you were so open and wonderful, I felt safe to talk to her. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Totally trying not to cry here. It yeah. was just, yeah. it was just this amazing moment that that's what we do. That's exactly why we do the work we do. And again, just putting the name in our title, we aren't going to hide the fact that this is what we do. When people ask me what I do, I'm like, I work in abortion care. I hope that those things help break down that stigma. We also created some like postcards that just go in doctor's offices and you know sit by the other pamphlets. It's like 16 point font. This is what we do. You mentioned uh, the uh, protests in the United States. Uh, you mentioned somebody toting a machine gun. Yeah. Um, you know, Canada is not as violent, but has, but it has also seen violence directed at people who provide abortions or, or assist with abortions. Yeah. And and you're so open about about what you're doing. The first thing I thought of with your Facebook page. Do you get comments that 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 uh, give you pause for concern? Yeah. Maybe I should be more worried. Generally, we just delete comments. Um, I sometimes get e- like personal emails. I haven't received anything that I felt like I needed to, you know, send it to the police or um, be particularly worried about. It's more people who I don't know. I call them angry pajamas because I imagine that they're sitting in their house in their pajamas, just 
finding things to be angry about on the internet. Where do you see abortion doulas heading next? I would like to see more people being trained in how to offer trauma-informed abortion support. Um, I would like everyone who will potentially come into contact with somebody who's seeking an abortion to also be trained in how to navigate that. I would really, really like us to look at our conscientious objector uh, allowances for doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, this may lead into a licensure conversation, but it would be great to have an abortion doula you know, available to come into the unit because there are social workers on the unit, but just to have that option for people, maybe they didn't reach out beforehand. And then we're just we're just there. I want to thank you for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. That was my conversation with Shannon Hardy, a full-spectrum doula who helps women through birth, miscarriages, and abortions. Last month, one of the largest studies ever on women's feelings about having abortions was released in the U.S. The vast majority of the women surveyed said they had positive emotions or no emotions about their decision, even if they hadn't felt that way initially. But nearly 70% said they felt they would be stigmatized if people knew they had an abortion. That's our program for this week. Before we go, we have a preview of a show you won't want to miss. In recent years, rates of thyroid cancer and surgery to remove those cancers has shot up in Canada and elsewhere. But the thinking around how to treat thyroid cancer is changing drastically. The CBC's Lise Hossein has a special report for us as part of the CBC's Doc Project Mentorship Program. And she's here with me in the studio now. Hi, Lise. Hi. So I know you have a personal stake in this story, but what got you to want to do a documentary about thyroid cancer? I was diagnosed with papillary thyroid cancer in 2011, and my sister had been diagnosed with it just before, and both of us had thyroidectomies within the same year. So you had your thyroid removed? Completely removed, yeah. So you probably have a big story to tell about that, what that was like. Yeah, I have a bit of a story. What's the biggest surprise that you've uncovered? What I've found out over the past couple of years is that there are programs that allow people who are diagnosed with papillary thyroid cancer to actually keep their thyroid rather than having surgery, and that means also keeping the cancer. And that these programs have been available in Asia since the 90s, and there is at least one study here in Canada now. And But that's not what they're doing in Canada? I think a lot of people are still having thyroidectomies, so it's great to get the word out that there, that there are options available. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to hearing more about your documentary on thyroid cancer next week. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much. That's next week on White Coat Black Art. If you wish to comment on anything you've heard today, our email address is whitecoat at cbc.ca. I'm on Twitter at NightShiftMD, and the show is at CBC Whitecoat. We're also on Facebook. Don't forget you can catch up on any episodes you've missed and get the show every week by subscribing to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to listen live or on demand, make sure you download the CBC Listen app. This week's show was produced by senior producer Donna Dingwall with help from Jeff Goods, Sujata Berry, digital producer Ruby Buiza, and the rest of our digital team. That's medicine from my side of the gurney. I'm Brian Goldman. See you next week. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.